0: Uh, hey guys, so um, Rob, I have shared with you a slideshow that's in that same folder that the order of service is in, so you can show those slides on your screen um, as they come up. Um, I'm really stoked to uh, uh, to teach this morning. Um, I am just man, um, it's been it's been a heck of a couple of weeks, right? Um, And I think all of us are in a moment right now where we're wishing that somebody would do something (laughs) like, please. Um, I think we're facing real trouble. um, And a lot of us are processing that trouble with God and we're asking for help. Um, One of the things that I have um, realized about myself is that I often come to God with, um, expectations for how he should provide help. Or like I ask God, uh, uh, for salvation from, uh, anxiety or depression or worry or financial instability, which is all stuff that me and my family are facing right now. Um, and usually my, uh, my solution to that is like take away my anxiety or depression or financial insecurity. Um, And, uh, man, it's rough. Um, I think sometimes my expectations for how God should provide help get in the way of, like, the way that God actually wants to provide help. So I'm excited to talk about this this morning. Um, We're going to be in two pieces of scripture. Um, We're going to be in John 12 which is the traditional Palm Sunday scripture where people yell, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And we're also going to be in revelation seven. So if you want to sort of flip to John 12 and then uh, also keep a bookmark or something in revelation seven. The reason why we're looking at two scriptures this morning is um, I'm realizing that uh, in this season, I am so stuck anxiously in the present. Like I, and um, um, when you are just sort of fixed or almost you're like you're, you're glued to a moment in time in like an anxious way, you forget often how God has provided for you personally in the past and you forget God's promises that he has for the future. So the two scriptures that we have this morning, one is looking at the past and how God provided help in the past. And one is, looking towards the future of how God's going to provide help for the future. Um, And I think this is important because we have to view the present moment in the light of history um, and in the light of history's final outcome, like how, like what's, what, what God has promised to happen in the future. So let's go to John 12. Um, We're going to start in verse 12 and go through verse 16. So John 12, 12, the next day, The large crowd that had come to the feast, this is the feast of Passover, heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him, crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even king of Israel. And Jesus found a donkey and sat on it, just as it was written, fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. His disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things had been written about him and had been done to him. So um, for every moment that we look at, we're going to look at this triumphal entry. We're going to look at this verse in Revelation, and we're going to look at our current moment. We're going to ask three questions. Uh, The first is, what kind of trouble are we facing? The second is, what kind of salvation are we expecting? And the third is what kind of salvation does God actually give? So again, those three questions are what kind of trouble are we facing? Second, what kind of salvation are we expecting? And third, what kind of salvation does God actually give? So um, the context of what's going on in John 12 here is this is about a week before Jesus goes to the cross. Um, this is sort of the end, uh, nearing the end of his earthly ministry. He'd been building this movement around himself that would sometimes get to thousands of people following him. And sometimes it would get to just like 10 or 12 people following him. And uh, the time that Jesus came to earth is a time of great trouble too, right? So let's ask what kind of trouble are the people in John 12 facing Well, first, I think, is empire. So, um, like the Roman Empire is an evil system that sets itself up above God. The Caesar, who, uh, the emperor who uh, ran Rome, uh, actually claimed divinity. He said he was descendant from the gods. And so he should be worshiped as one of the gods. And uh, in the Bible, if you go through biblical history, there's tons of empires that sort of plague the world and uh, set themselves up over and against God. And Rome was just one of them. So, the way that I'm defining empire is any system that sets itself up without God and against God. So, as a result of this empire, they're facing tyranny like uh there 's also just the normal troubles of life, so there 's sickness there 's plague there 's poverty, injustice, racism sexism death like just a normal moment in human history where we 're facing great trouble and so Jesus shows up on the scene and starts ministering to people and uh, Jesus comes as the promised messiah and there's there 's biblical prophetic visions that god gave uh, to people in the old testament that people were drawing on to build an idea of when the messiah shows up what is he going to look like so there's like the mighty man of god prophecies where he's going to rule and reign forever there's also uh prophecies in books like isaiah where he's going to be a suffering servant that dies for the people So people are actually confused at this time. Some people thought that the Messiah was going to be somebody like a military Messiah, a mighty man who would overthrow the Roman government, set up a new earthly empire, and this would come through violence. Uh, People that were looking for a mighty military Messiah might be like the zealots who were freedom fighters, right? And so they're experiencing great trouble. And we see, uh, we see that a lot of people think that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. So verse 13, they took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him. Palm trees are an ancient symbol of victory. So like in Mesopotamia, in Egypt, in Greco-Roman sort of uh, culture, you would pull out a palm branch to the victor, whether it was a victor of a sports game or the victor of a uh, military battle. So people are saying by pulling out these palm branches that Jesus, you are the mighty victor, right? And they say, Hosanna. Hosanna um, is uh, translated sometimes as Lord save us. So this is like, I grew up in church, like on Palm Sunday, you know, like getting the palm branches and waving them back and forth and saying Hosanna. And it was kind of like this victorious moment, but it's actually a moment of admitting our own lack and our need of salvation. So Hosanna is translated, Lord, save us. And they say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So people are facing great trouble. Uh, They're expecting, a lot of them are expecting a mighty military Messiah who's going to overthrow Rome and rule and reign in the here and now. But what sort of salvation does God choose to give? Well, um, a week later, Jesus is dead. His disciples are scattered uh, and people are confused. Like they expected this mighty man that would uh, overthrow Caesar and overthrow Herod and overthrow all of of the evil rulers and set up his kingdom in the here and now. But instead they get the suffering servant who dies for the people. Instead of an earthly empire, they get a kingdom that's not of this world. Instead of like a violent revolution, they get, almost like a nonviolent resistance movement where Jesus teaches his people to love their enemies and pray for those that curse them and do good to those that hate him. So again, we've asked, you know, when we look back to where the traditional Palm Sunday started, um, there's this almost reversal of like, we expected one kind of help and God gave a different kind of help. All right. So let's jump to Revelation uh, 7. So we'll read Revelation seven, uh, starting in verse nine, and we'll go through the end of uh, the end of chapter seven. And so quick context. Revelation is uh, jumping into the middle of revelation is almost like jumping into the middle of a fever dream and then like trying to discern what's going on. So just a couple things that are helpful. John, the same author of the Gospel of John, the Beloved Disciple. Uh, is in exile on the Isle of Patmos. He is writing to encourage and challenge seven churches that are in Asia Minor. These, are se- these seven churches are experiencing great persecution themselves, so they are in a time of trouble. And it's not only external trouble, but a lot of these churches are facing internal trouble of people who are apathetic, people who are maybe conspiring with the empire, uh, people who are... Um, lukewarm instead of hot or cold. So, this uh, book of Revelation is meant to both encourage the afflicted, but also challenge the apathetic, right? So, uh, this is a vision of the future where Jesus is uh, personified as the lamb who is slain, and he's ruling and reigning. So, let's jump in uh, chapter 7, verse 9 of Revelation. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the lamb, who is Jesus. And these people were clothed in white robes with palm branches, again, that symbol of victory in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne And around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. So, um, again, this is a time where John is writing to churches. He's giving them a prophetic vision of the future, but he's writing to churches who are experiencing great trouble. And let's think about what kind of trouble they're facing. Uh, So, uh, saying empire, (laughs) like uh, whether the empire is Rome or uh, the empire in the book of Revelation is sort of metaphorically called Babylon, Uh, this is – and whether whether this is sort of forecasting a future evil empire that sets itself above and against God – or it's uh, calling attention to the current empire, or it's doing both at the same time. The reality of uh, empire is that they use military violence, economic power, and oppression to rule and to dominate. Um, the, one of the manifestations of this empire is in the beast, and people say, who can stand against the beast? The beast is mighty, right? So they're facing great trouble from empire, which is using violence and economic power to dominate people. They're also facing, I mean, just the normal uh, troubles of life, plague, persecution. Like I said, some of these churches are facing internal strife from apathetic people. People are collaborating with the systems of empire and also sickness, death, poverty, injustice. Like, again, a normal moment in human history. And what kind of salvation do they expect? Well, for some of these maybe apathetic churches or lukewarm churches, they expect like the good life. They expect maybe economic salvation, which makes empire attractive because the empire rules and reigns through military power and economic power. Um, And also, you know, they, uh, for the persecuted churches, the churches who are facing great trouble because they're keeping their strong testimony of Jesus and they're being um, uh, abused, neglected, and uh, even killed for their testimony that Jesus is Lord, not the emperor, um, those people are crying out for protection. So they may even be crying out for like some sort of a mighty man of God to protect them, right? But what kind of salvation does God give? Well, let's, uh, let's pick it up again in verse 13, Revelation 7, verse 13. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Uh, the sort of salvation that God gives is Himself, his, his presence, the Lamb who dies for his enemies um, and makes a people out of them and creates a multi ethnic army, not of people who, are, who will overcome through economic strength or military power, but people who are, will overcome by the blood of the Lamb. So, all right, so we've looked at the past, we've looked at this sort of prophetic vision of the future. Now let's, let's think about our current moment. What sort of trouble are are we facing? Well, uh, I mean, uh, economic insecurity, plague, poverty, injustice, the reality of death, um, and evil systems that set themselves up to be without God and over and above God. So we're experiencing empire. And we're also experiencing the temptation to, like, collaborate with the empire too and so we're facing honestly a lot of the same troubles that humans and especially God's people have experienced throughout human history and I don't know if that's good news to you but it's good news to me that like this this feels like a weird and exceptional moment and it is um but the things that we're facing not only don't surprise God, but also if we could see, like, a vision of the church throughout history, um, I don't think it would surprise the church either. Like, this is, like, a normal day in the life of just being a human on earth. I don't say that to minimize the trouble, like, that we're all facing, but I do, I do just want to encourage you that, like, The troubles that we're facing are not a surprise to God and are not even like like unprecedented in the history of the world. So we're facing trouble, what kind of salvation are we expecting? Well, let me be honest, man, like I, after uh, facing some financial insecurity from my, the nonprofit that I work at, like crumbling and not knowing if I'm going to have a job in the next month And Kate losing her job too. Like, I'm looking like my instinct is like, can I like look to the government to help me? Like, should we like apply for, and I'm, this is real live stuff for us. Like, is there going to be something that comes out in the stimulus package that really like turns things around and like, Moves us from financial insecurity into financial security, not only as an individual family, but for like my nonprofit, for a lot of us who own our own businesses or work at places like restaurants or coffee shops or whatever. So we're looking for economic salvation, either from an external source, like maybe the government or a stimulus package. But or ourselves, like we're looking for, like, can I just bootstraps my way into financial security during this time? How can I hustle? We're also, I think, expecting um, salvation that comes from like might. Um, a lot of my friends in West Virginia right now. Like, this is a really good time to stock up on ammunition. Like they're expecting some sort of like, uh, uh, they're, <laughs> they're like, um, Man, it's it's a different world, it's a different mindset, but um, a lot of my friends and my family are like um, expecting that they will have to physically protect them and theirs and what they have, and they're using military might, whether that's, you know, violence or the threat of violence, uh, to do it. And man, I, I just think like our, because we have grown up in the empire, which uses military might and economic power to dominate and bully and to get what what the empire wants? Because we're so used to the way the empire works, are we asking for God to help us or are we looking to ourselves for salvation and we're using the means of empire to do it? Like we're anticipating that we're going to have to either solve our problems through hustle or some sort of outside economic help or we're anticipating that we're going to need to use violence in order to protect ourselves and protect our families. Now, um, don't hear me like say that those aren't good questions to ask, right? But um, are we indeed using the means of empire to solve our problems? And is God maybe wanting to offer help in a different way? So like what kind of salvation does God give to us right now? Well, The first I think is um, his own presence in our suffering. He says, I'm with you. I will overcome. I will send my spirit to you to cheer and to guide you. Um, He, uh, the spirit will often uh, challenge us to not collaborate with the, with the empire. He says, join this movement. In revelation there again and again is a, a, It says, here is a call for the endurance of the saints. And I feel like there might be a word for us this morning for endurance and patient endurance of what we're going through. And this is like, uh, this is hard to hear. And this is hard to hear for me because I'm worried about, you know, like, are we going to have to move to somewhere more affordable? I'm worried like, Uh, Am I going to have to like work at work at are the only jobs that are available are a place that will expose me to sickness and illness. Um, And I'm, I'm working this stuff out too, man. But um, this I think is in uh, in line with the reversals that Jesus loves. Like he says things like God's strength is made perfect in weakness it's the humble that will be exalted, the exalted that will be humbled. The first shall be last and the last shall be first. So um, I just want to ask us the question this morning, are our expectations for how we're going to get saved and from our current time of trouble, are they unhealthy expectations? And does God want to provide salvation in a different and maybe better way? So uh, here's a call for the endurance of the saints. Um, I think we can only really overcome this season through the blood of the lamb. Um, God is for those that um, he calls to himself. He will hold them in the palm of his hand. There's the image of the mother hen sheltering her chicks under her wing that Jesus uses. Um, there's a quote from J.I. Packer that I really love that I saw this week. Your faith will not fail while God sustains it. You are not strong enough to fall away while God is resolved to hold you. So I think that both um, this vision of how God's people have persevered in the past and the future teaches us that like all Christ followers in history, um, we're asked every day to choose between collaborating with the empire, like getting just as anxious and just as selfish and getting just as mean and just as, um, I don't know, uh, just j- using violence or not means to bully and get our way. But uh, I think instead of compromising, collaborating with the empire, we're called to faithfulness um, and, and faithfulness, even if it means um, suffering and faithfulness, even if it means um, dying to self for, I don't know, man, like little death. Um, I want to read again uh, the last couple of verses from Revelation 7. Um, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Um, I'm going to pray. Father, um, help us to be um, the sort of people that seek your presence, um, because that's the best gift that you can give us. Um, Even if we are in situations that are confusing um, and discouraging, God, we need your presence to cheer and to guide us, to wipe away our tears to shelter us in your presence um, to to just be with us. Um, Lord, uh, be with us this week, help us uh, to become the sort of people who uh, work out the values of your kingdom and not the values of the empire that we're in. In the name of Jesus and by spirit, amen. Okay, Um, so hey, Rob, that last slide, is some discussion questions. And we're gonna break out into uh, our small groups again. And we are going to, uh, the discussion questions are also found on the documents that had the lyrics for the worship songs on it too. So um, let's break out, Skylar, if you can break us out and uh, we'll get into our small groups for discussion.